Okay. In this crazy, crazy seller's market, how are you supposed to get an offer accepted? That's what we're talking about today. So, all right, <clears throat> Tourette's. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about how you get your offer accepted. All you buyers out there that are wondering how to get your offer All accepted. All you agents that are wondering how to get your offer accepted. Yeah, exactly. How does it work? Well, we've got a bunch of tips for you, okay? And we're going to go through them one by one. So the first one, you guys have all heard it, offering up over ask price. What? Offer over ask price. Do it. Okay, so we've got a $400,000 house, and uh, it's listed at 400000 How much should I be offering so that my offer is accepted? Uh, you're offering, I mean, if you want to have your offer considered, you're five to 10% over at least. Yeah. And in the really hot market. Yeah. Yeah. And even though, so a lot of people will automatically say, well, why would I offer over that and be upside down in the house right away? Let me tell you why. I've got borrowers that were looking for a house four months ago. They're in the Mm -hmm. 350 range. Okay. Four in four months, the houses in that range in the area they're looking have increased $50,000. That's the kind of appreciation they're looking at. So you're like, man, I don't want to offer $35,000 more on a $350,000 home. Yeah. If they would have done that four months ago, they would have saved $15,000. Yeah, because the house already raised up in value. So now that same home that was five months ago, that was three fifty, dollars is now four hundred. dollars and did the buyer make an extra fifty k in the last four months? Yeah, were they able to save uh, more money? Not. Probably not. No. Yeah, no. So make your offer attractive right off the get go. Yeah. Well, I think that right there is not highest and best, attractive and strong. Yeah. Yes. Let's Be- talk about more yeah. ways. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's actually that we want to talk about that a little bit more though, because uh-huh. if you're looking. If you're qualified up to $400,000, how much house should you be looking for? If you know you need to offer over ask price, how much can they actually, how much should they be looking as their ceiling? Well, this comes back to the lender because the lender needs to approve them, pre-approve them. So at $400,000, you're not going to look for houses at $400,000. You're going to be looking at $350,000. Look a little lower so that you can add some top space. Exactly. So you've got the room there. Yeah, That's what a good lender should say. Right. And also... Pad the interest rate a little bit on the pre-approval because we've seen interest rates increase like crazy. And we could talk about why in another video, but they're they're increasing. So if uh-huh. you get pre-approved right here and you're looking at homes right there and for the wild chance you get it and interest rates go up an eighth, you just lost. You just lost it. Well, and the other big one that I want to make sure we bring up is remember an HOA. A lot of homes nowadays, especially new construction, most of them are in HOA communities. That affects your loan big time. And a lot of lenders or discount lenders, they don't tell you that if you're approved for 400 Uh and you go pick up a house that has 150 HOA, which is pretty common, that limits your borrowing power by by about 30,000. So now that's 30,000. Plus, you still need to think about over asking price. Yeah. So, so you now need to bring it down in the three fifty to three sixty yeah. range, you may need to even drop it down a little bit lower to yeah. secure that home. Yeah. To make sure that you can perform. Yes. And get through there. Yeah. Um, 
Very good points. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I want to talk a little bit more about that pre-approval. You, you mentioned the pre-approval. I'm, yeah. I'm pre-approved at this level. I'm pre-approved at this. Um, one of the things that uh, we are doing when we look when we're representing sellers, we pick up the phone and we make a phone call. You know what? If you have a good lender, they should call the listing agent when you present the offer. Why would that make such a difference? You send it over. Sometimes we work together. I call up the agent and said, hey, you just got an offer from Tyler. Open your inbox. Okay, this is the Jones family. Right. Let me tell you, and I've talked to the Jones. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to help you get your offer accepted. And I say, they've got this much in the bank. Right. Because I can lend off the lower of the purchase price or the price value. If you're offering more than asking price, there's a good chance there's going to be a gap. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure they can cover that difference and still put minimum down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they don't have that, you just got them stuck. Well, and what I want to clarify too is not only is that good information, but as a seller, if you're sitting there and you just got 20 offers that got submitted to you and part of the offer is not just the buyers performing. I mean, they have to perform, but the lender is the one who has to make sure that that loan actually follows through to the end, that they have all the correct paperwork, they have all that stuff. Mm -hmm. What does that speak to that contract or that offer that got submitted when the actual lender calls and says, hey, here's the offer. Your guys, the agents already sent it over to you. I'm just letting you know that I back all this. Let's talk about this. Let me tell you why these guys are awesome. You hang up the phone. That seller goes, I feel a lot more confident knowing that the lender is behind this transaction as well. Yeah. So that comes back to that attractiveness of that offer. Yeah, the strength of that offer. Can this buyer actually make it through the process mm-hmm. of well, well, because of buying you look house. at a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of good agents out there, and they're going to do the math, and they're going to go, okay, there's here's what you should offer. You got to look at this as tiebreakers too. You could be tied with three other deals. Mm-hmm. The odds of every lender now, I mean, after this video, they're all, they're all yeah, going to do it. Gonna do but, <laughs> but a good lender is going to call. That's your tiebreaker because they're yeah. going to that agent is going to talk to those sellers and go, look, these are great offers. This guy, the lender actually called and spoke to us. He called. I didn't even call yeah. him, and they're like. Which one do you think is going to get weight, a little bit more weight on it? Yeah, well, And then to say they've got the money in. Mm-hmm. The appraisal can come in this much low and we're fine. Like they, they've been at their job. I have automated underwriting. I've done a complete pre-approval. Mm-hmm. Like so I can close this quicker. Like I have all the stuff I need. I know what I'm talking about. It makes a big difference. Yeah. So I actually want to talk about some of those contingencies that we hear out there. A lot of times we, we hear people waiving the due diligence contingency, waiving the appraisal contingency, making their earnest money non-refundable, or you might hear earnest money going hard. Like what is what are these what are these things? Let's talk about each one of them and why they make an offer more attractive than something else. Well there's to go back even a little bit further, one of the ones is also is do you is this contract contingent upon you selling another piece of property? Oh boy. To yeah. pay for it. Yeah, that's a big one. Because right now that means that's one more domino that has to line up just to purchase it. You'll have the money and you'll know it'll sell. That, yeah. Especially in today's that's not like that's we're not worried about that, but who knows how long it could take 
mm-hmm. how many other potential issues that could happen. It's another land of risk. I've yeah. seen a few offers get accepted that mm-hmm. are contingent upon sale. So it won't kill your deal mm-hmm. for sure. Just know that's another layer of risk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and what happens when you remove a contingency? What does that really mean? What are you actually risking when you so, remove a contingency? Like, so the first uh, deadline, due diligence, uh-huh. right? So this is where you're like, in, in traditional contract and commercial, like contracts are long and like, so you make an offer without even really knowing much. And then the lawyers look at the legal stuff and then they review all this. Due diligence is the same. So make an offer on a house and then we're going to see if we like your neighbors and like where the church is and stuff like that. Where the front door is and how the sun hits it. Right. And we'll have a home inspection. We'll do our due diligence on the house. Mm -hmm. Right. Great. Right now, get rid of it. Yeah. Well, what happens if so... When somebody says we're getting rid of the due diligence contingency, what does that actually mean? Does that mean you can't do any of your due diligence? You can still do diligence, okay, but you won't get your earnest money back if you decide to cancel, cancel the contract right. because your home inspection comes back and the sink leaks or you find out that the neighbors suck. <laughs> it's, ta-da, it's your house or you lose your earnest money. Yeah. Right. Which a good, a good reference was 1% of the purchase price. Kind of oh, recommend yeah. going two right now. Yeah, two percent right now. Two percent, and so that means if you've got a four hundred thousand dollars house, how much earnest money we're we looking at? Eight grand. Eight grand. Not a small amount of money. Now that money goes toward your purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's basically there to say to the seller, I'm serious about going forward on this. Right. Now let's talk about earnest money non-refundable at different points along the way. Um, I saw a contract just recently that said this money, this earnest money will be non-refundable or a portion of it will be non-refundable at acceptance. Mm-hmm. So as soon, right as, as soon as um, the seller accepts the offer, they have s- some thousand dollars, like sometimes like the full earnest money amount, but yeah. often it's a portion, like 5000 of my $8,000 is now uh, non-refundable. That means if you back out for any reason, you're leaving that on the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. that stays. That's in earnest. Mm-hmm. We've written this intent to purchase this property. Here's the earnest money. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The importance so then, of being earnest. So we look at. So you have your uh, contingency on. Do I have another property to sell? There's a oh. financing uh, one. Do I have so to have financing? Before that, there's appraisal, and this one's getting waived a lot because they're saying, "Hey, we're going to cover the gap." Mm-hmm. Right, but so I want to bring this out, and then mm-hmm. there's financing because the financing uh, contingency is in the buyer's sole discretion. Right. So here's here's the caveat: you can waive the appraisal and then still have the buyer back out because they decide they don't want to spend the money. Now, hopefully, there's some earnest money that went hard at this point for the seller's sake. Right. But also. Is this opening you up for any lawsuits? Because if you write an offer mm-hmm. for a set amount, you've yes. waived the appraisal um, contingency. So you're saying that you've got money to cover it. Mm-hmm. You say you're pre-approved. And now all of a sudden, you're saying you were unaware of the financing and you want to back out? Yeah. It's starting to get... So you might get out of that contract, but you might face additional legal consequence. It's it's possible. Contact yeah. your legal yeah, people. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but this comes back to that whole setup of mm-hmm. know what you're actually doing prior to writing a reps or a contract, a real estate purchase contract. Make sure your agent actually is advising you on proper ways to do it and smart ways to do it, not just 
writing an offer because you said, oh, I like this house. Like he should be the one that's telling you or they should be the one that's telling you, hey, I wouldn't waive that contingency or this house you should or, do this or that's lying. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Make sure your lender knows your financials and you don't overextend yourself because like you can put offers to buy on multiple properties. If these fall through or if they all get accepted, what are the implications? You got 10,000 going hard on acceptance, 10,000 going hard on acceptance, 10,000 going hard on acceptance, and you've got this much yeah. money. Uh, you could have potential lawsuits of 40, 50, 60, 100 grand that you don't have. Yeah. Or the best case scenario, they just keep your earnest money, and now you can't buy a house because you said you were going to buy four of them. Yeah, you want to yep. buy four. And, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of, it starts to get more tricky. And that's where you kind of ring it back down and you read the contract. And you look at, and that's where the earnest money comes in because that's what you're putting in to say, I'm willing to risk this by removing this contingency of backing out, you know, the due diligence. That's a very common one right now. The due diligence, if you know the neighborhood that you're going to go look in, you should be out there right now looking at it. Do you like the parks? Do you like the area? Do you like the traffic? Don't do that after you put the offer yeah, in on the house. In this, not in this market, You're not yes. going to have time to do it because they're hitting the market. And if you don't have your offer in the day that it hits the market, yeah. you don't. You don't. Have, you, you're done. You don't have time. Yes. And so you know where you're wanting to buy. Start doing your due diligence now, and then waive that because a lot of other buyers are. Yeah. Yeah costs you can pay. Yeah. Like, so we're going to write a strong offer over oh, yes. asking price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to put down some earnest money. We're going to make it go hard at a certain point. Right. But what about like section 4.3 and there's transfer fees? Like offer to pay those. I don't want to. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's fine too. You may not want well, to, but that, if you want your offer accepted, you're going to have to. Yeah. Your buyer, I mean, you as a buyer, you don't want to. I mean, this is these are all things that if you looked at a house six months ago or a year ago or your best friend just bought a house a year ago and they referred you to them and now you're helping their best friend or whatever and they're like, well, he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to do that. Why are you making me pay all this this money? <laughs> but it, oh it's, boy. It's, it's, it's a different time and, yeah. and this is what is going on right now. It's completely different than what it was just six months so ago. So I'm working with buyers right now that want to buy a property. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past four months, it's gone up 50000 The last home I talked to them about, if they would have offered $10,000 more, they could have got the, the deal. Right. They didn't do it. And in a month, well, four months, it went up $50,000. So in one month, this price range is probably going to go up another over $10,000. Yes. So be aware of that. I have a lot of borrowers or agents I work with. Their clients are just saying we're out. Mm-hmm. But be aware of the cost of waiting. So if you have a $400,000 house, and this a very conservative number is 10% a year, but it's easy to work with. So 10% a year, it's going to gain 40000 right? Right. That means $3,333 a month. In, in three months, that's ten grand. Yeah. Conservatively mm-hmm. speaking. So if you wait... To buy, what are your costs? Mm-hmm. The opportunity costs. Right. Buying right so now is expensive. Paying paying the seller's closing <clears throat> costs, paying their assessment, paying their whatever. Mm-hmm. That transfer, transfer fee. fee. Yeah. Paying other incentives. Like I said, starting to think outside the box and and try to look into that. Where 
six months ago or nine months ago, a buyer could ask the seller, hey, we'll make this full price offer and we want you guys to pay our closing costs. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. happened a lot, especially for first time home buyers. Yeah. They you don't, know. you know, you don't, you don't have that. And now you can't ask for any concessions. If you ask for those, it's going to get filtered down to the bottom of the stack. This actually comes back. Right now, I have an offer. I'm doing the deal on 3% seller paid closing costs. Right now, I'm doing the loan. Know your market. Yeah. Use professionals who know the market. Because this agent knew the market. She knew what? She knew how to structure a deal. I saw it. It came through my email, and I was like, and I read it. I got up. <laughs> we talked to the other loan officer. I was like, Look at this! Look how cool this is! Yeah. What? Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. so yeah, we're talking the really hottest market. If if you're struggling, mm -hmm. your offer accepted. This is how, what to do, but don't blow money. Yeah. So just to kind of wrap up, last topic. Um, I think that you want to. We've talked a lot about how to strengthen your offer, make it attractive to the sellers, make sure that you're doing what is necessary to make your offer stand out. A um, couple of cool incentives, and this is why I think it's fun to to land on this subject to end it off. Um, Good agents will pay attention to um, the home that you're going through. Um, in fact, we just went through one and there was an obvious hunter in this home. And what were some of the incentives that we put into that? You don't have to name them all, but just some of those incentives that really well, made this offer stand uh, out. may or may not have included a large gift card to a, a well-known outdoor store here. Well, there's an idea. That would stand out and be memorable. You know, right? they, we knew that they needed some more backpacking gear. Um I believe that there was a certain number quantity of custom ammunition that was going to be uh, included in the offer of reloaded for them at their specs for their hunting rifle um, and, a, and a lifetime pass to a gun range. Yeah. A great I mean, gun training facility. Uh, yes. There's thinking outside the box. And guess what? We didn't get that offer no, approved. Didn't. I mean, it, it, it didn't sad. go through. Now, it was fun to do, and we did get compliments on it. Yeah. Okay. It stood out, and that's it, really what exactly. you want. You yeah, want to out. have the strength, um, and you want to stand out so well, that yes. when every other offer comes in, they go, oh, is this better than the than the ammo deal? Or is, or is this, you know, and, and it kind of stacks up. You want to be the bar that other offers are compared against. That's how you win homes in this market. And find a good lender who will back earnest money. It's yes. one thing to have a pre-approval letter and have that fall through and have the lender say, sorry, you lost your money. But have a lender that will back your earnest money. Mm -hmm. Have a lender that's willing to pay some towards the seller page closing costs. These are, these are good things, and there's lenders out there that will do it. Yeah, those are your yeah. premium ones. Good and lenders. then remember, be honest in what you're trying to do. Have a real intent to purchase that home because on the other side, there is a seller. There's another family that's trying to sell their home. Don't waste their time if you have no intention on purchasing that home or you're kicking somebody else out that, has the, that really wants that. Yeah. Be intent and real and genuine with what you're trying to purchase. There you go. And that is how you get your your offer accepted in this crazy seller market right now. <laughs> Alright guys, what did we learn today? Uh, you have to offer five to ten percent over that list price and about two percent earnest money at minimum to get your offer even in the running. Good a good lender. Not one who'll just pre-preview, but one who will call the listing agent and back your earnest money and even maybe give closing costs for the seller. Be aware of your contingencies and you need to have a competent real estate professional 
to tell you if it's a good idea to waive a contingency because you're putting your earnest money at risk. Have you or a loved one submitted an offer that hasn't been accepted? Countless Utahns are facing the same struggle. Please watch this video, like, share, subscribe, help us, help you get an offer accepted. Also, special consideration should be given to Jimmy Eaton, who helped curate the content of this video. Thank you. That's what I thought. Ah. Just for clarity, whatever he thought, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. <laughs> I don't see it on the big screen. Yeah. Whatever, it's still going. Okay. I know it is. See, it's still going. You just keep going with what you're doing. Just keep going with what you're saying. That's what we just did. <laughs> Alright guys, what did we learn today? Well, um, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing so it's, good. It's so, all right. I haven't done it for a while.